Extreme Vocabulary is not your typical word of the day podcast. On Extreme Vocabulary, we don't just define words, we contextualize them in terms of their history, etymology, politics, and aesthetics. In other words, we look at the culture behind words. Today we join a conversation with Abe and Aaron. Abe has researched today's word while Aaron has not. Today's word is clairvoyance. Aaron. Boy, howdy. How you doing, man? Uh, you know. We, we talked, we spoke earlier about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't feel like myself all the time, but uh, I'll muscle through it and uh, be as clever as I usually am. <laughs> well, uh, today's word is clairvoyance. I don't know if that's going to make you feel any better, but we'll try. We'll see if this discussion helps you somewhat. I've always wanted to be a clairvoyant. Yeah? Why, why is that? Um, you can see into the future, right? <laughs> I believe I, this is what it means. Yeah. yeah well, prog- uh, prognosticating. Yeah, so, I mean... I'm yeah. reminded of Wizard a little bit. Yeah, we might talk about some clairvoyance and see if you actually want to... That's exactly what you want to do. I yeah. don't exactly want to do anything. I just want to sleep and I want to feel good. <laughs> and I want a podcast. Which is right. why I'm doing this. All right, then. Let's podcast. All right. So our word today is clairvoyance. Um, just the basics. First of all, of course, it's a French word. Those damn mm-hmm. Frenchies. Clairvoyance. Yeah. Très bien. Uh, it dates to at least the 16th century. And I think that's when it like got borrowed over into English and became the word that, you know, that we have didn't really change much in its spelling, I feel. So it's still pretty much French. And it literally means clear-sightedness. So uh, that's really what I want to talk about today, the idea of clear-sightedness. You want to talk about going clear? <laughs> I, I already told you I don't get every, every one of your allusions uh, or references. So. Going clear is a documentary Oh, no, no, yeah, 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 okay. The place across the street from where I was born. Oh, really? Yes. What? Um, so it, it's about the Scientology, right? Yes. The whole Scientology. Okay. I was born across the street from the headquarters. There's a Kaiser there on Sunset. Really? Yeah, right across from it. So what was the name of that Scientologist founder? Do you remember? L. Ron Hubbard. Oh. Do you think of him as a clairvoyant type? He thought of himself as a clairvoyant. For sure. <laughs> Did you ever see that film, The Master, with um, Joaquin Phoenix and uh, Seymour Hoffman? Uh, no. Oh, yeah, you should. <laughs> I should. Okay. Yes. Um, yeah. Is it, it, is it similar? Like, it's, or is it it's about part, Scientology itself? Or, it's, about, uh, just, it's about its foundings, and, I suppose, and uh, you know, a little bit of L. Ron Hubbard. And, you know, you, you kind of see, uh, God, what kind of personality you're dealing with. You know, he says, yes, I'm the captain of this ship, but I'm also an author, a scientist, uh, an archaeologist, a mixologist, uh, this and that. And, you know, he's, a, he's everything, right? Right. He's, he's the Renaissance man. He's the greatest thing since sliced bread, the way he talks about himself. Right. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't call him a clairvoyant. I would call him a, a poor writer with a, <laughs> a very fanciful imagination. And uh, somehow he was charismatic enough to start a mo- cult movement. 
I, I like how you brought in that like aesthetic criticism. Like he's a poor writer. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, that's well documented. Well, I think, yeah, I think we think of him as a kind of sci-fi writer. And I think there's like a connection between like clairvoyance and sci-fi writing. Oh, because yeah. Because they're always like trying to extrapolate, you know, into the future. They're trying mm -hmm. to think of like what will the future bring us or something like that, depending on our yeah. current conditions. See, somebody, because of the aesthetic <laughs> thing and I, pref I like his work, uh, I would consider Gene Roddenberry to be a uh, clairvoyant because I'm a big fan of the Star Trek series. Well, I think people believe the same thing about Philip K. Dick, by the way, that yes. he was like, because of his like, um, uh, the intensity of like the visions in his work that mm. he was some kind of like prophet or seer, foreteller, whatever word you want to bring up, like clairvoyant. I know? like clairvoyant better. Seer, <laughs> prophet, those are, uh, those are loaded terms. Clairvoyant, a little more neutral maybe. You think so? I feel like uh, it, it's like uh, the word prophet is used more to describe like religious type figures where like clairvoyance seems more like a secular or like a pagan word maybe? I don't know. Re more related to like palm reading and... Uh, oh, that's true. Yeah, it could be. It depends how you look at it. You know, fanatics usually tend to call it pagan versus uh, secular, right. which is a little more neutral. So, yeah. So it just depends how you, how you talk about it, look at it. Well, I'm, I'm, today I'm just going to like mix all of those together though. Like the religious and the secular pagan, like to me it's all like just pretty much the same thing. You know, I don't, I'm not going to make any kind of like religious uh, biases here about like who's where, who stands where in relation to some god or whatever. You have every right to do so. So, all right. Um, okay. So what I want to say about today about clairvoyance is two things. One is that, okay, clear-sightedness is this mystical prophecy of the future, right? But I also want to read it just in a very more plain sense as a kind of a acuity of vision or a, an acuity of understanding our current like political, social situation and taking some kind of like ethical stance on that. So the other thing I want to say is that I don't want to read like clairvoyance as some kind of inevitability of the future right like where like this is going to happen like i don't want to i don't ever want to take something like that right i want to take it as a warning instead like a way that a way to to take something and say that we can still change it so beware greeks bearing gifts <laughs> said yeah. the seer which seer was that? That wasn't uh, Tiresias, was it? Laocoon. Oh, okay. And then the serpents promptly strangled him after that. All right. Um, well, speaking of these Greek and uh, Trojan um, seers, there, there is Tiresias. You know Tiresias, right? Yes, I've heard of him. All right. Well, I don't know him, but... Yeah, I, you always do that to me. I always say, you know Tiresias, and then you say, I don't know him personally, or something oh. like that. <laughs> Ask me if, uh, if I know multiplication, or the multiplication table. Do you know the multiplication tables? I know of them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Tiresias was this uh, mythological figure in, in Greek mythology, obviously. He makes some kind of appearance in the Odyssey, or... or uh, yeah, I think it was the Odyssey. He speaks to Odysseus down in, in um, Hades. He was like physically blind, but he could foretell the future. And he was he was a prophet of Apollo, and he was like actually spent some time as a woman for like seven years or something like that. Whoa, he spent time as a woman. Yeah, well, that's awesome. 
<laughs> well, the point is, anyway, that like... Some of us can only dream. Yeah. The point is that there's... Well, the point I wanted to make about this was that there's an interesting, I think, like Tiresias complex when it comes to like clairvoyance. Um, because our the most popular clairvoyant of our current moment, do you know this one, by the way? Oh, God. Um, no. She died recently. She it's died. all over the internet. It's oh. Baba Vanga. I don't know if you've heard. No, you haven't? Oh. oh, my God. It's, like, all over the place, dude, right now. Everybody's, like, talking about her. You're the one who says you don't know anything about media and what's going on. And all of a sudden, I, you know some things I don't well, know. Well, you know, I know some things. Um, but anyway, I think it's interesting because, like, Tiresias was physically blind, but, like, the, and that was, like, the price of his being able to foretell the future or to foresee the future. Mm. And that we have something similar with, like, Baba Vanga, who was the real person, which, and the, the story is that she was in some kind of, she's from Bulgaria, by the way, and she was in some kind of windstorm, and the windstorm made her blind when she was younger. Oh, you know what, now it's coming back to me, but I, her name, like, it totally did not register. Right. Okay. But so she, yes, yeah. Bulgarian woman and then blind. I was like, oh yes, I have heard of this. Okay. Yeah. So after she went blind, she she apparently disappeared for a while. People didn't know where she was at, but what was happening to her was that she was then experiencing these visions, mm. and um, so she became pretty popular in Bulgaria. And of course, you know, she's now like viral all over the internet. But like, people really like trusted her prophecies. Apparently, she has like a really high percentage of like. Accurate prophecy, prophesying. Ninety-seven percent on Amazon. <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, Rotten Tomatoes. Um, yeah. Much more appropriate. And um, but here's like some of the prophecies she's she's uh, she stated. So let me know what you think of them. I want to hear your I want to hear you riff on these. One of them was that she predicted that the forty-fourth president of the United States would be an African American, which half came true. Yeah. And by the way, she died before like a bunch of these happened. So, mm. all right. She also said, by the way, that that the forty fourth president, which would be an African American, would also be the last U.S. president. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> I would not be surprised if it happened that way. Sadly, um, I wouldn't like it. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people would either. She also said, or she predicted, that Europe would cease to exist in this century, by the way. Does that mean the Russians are going to just overrun? I don't know. I mean, Russia is part of Europe, you know, but uh, I, don't, I don't really know how any of these prophecies work out in the end. There's a kind of, like, ambiguity to them, you know, so that you can, like, interpret exactly how it all is supposed to play out later. Mm -hmm. Another prediction she made would be that China will be a near, uh, the new superpower. That's a pretty safe prediction, I think. <laughs> Hunger will be eradicated by 2025. Wow. Now that, one, like that. Um, that one I'm thinking, if that happens, then she's like, prophet, yeah. She knows. Why, you think of that some, as like in the know. realm of the incredible or something yeah, like that? Yeah, I, I, I'm skeptical, very skeptical it'll happen. Yeah. I, I think hunger is going to get worse and worse uh, in the next few years. Twenty twenty five just seems like we won't have we won't have our, we won't have our yeah. we, won't, we won't have our shit together by then. <laughs> so uh, that's what I'm thinking. So um, sadly, I don't have a lot of faith. You know me. Yeah, I mean, so, we're in twenty sixteen, so that's like yeah. less than a decade from now. Yeah, yeah, I'm not buying it yet until I see it. <laughs> yeah, right now it seems kind of uh, like 
I don't know. It doesn't seem like it could happen yet. Um, here's another one that's like into the far future, by the way. Humans will travel to Venus. I don't really understand that. I mean, I feel like how, how would we land on Venus? It, 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 it would be incinerated, right? Right. It's, yeah. It's, yeah it's, a, it's like a volcanic um, rock. Each episode of Extreme Vocabulary features a piece of literature that uses today's word. We're still waiting for Efren to arrive, though, with our piece of literature. Efren, where could he be? Oh, okay, I'm here. Sorry, sorry, I'm late, guys. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh man, just I was getting so into this novel that I I didn't even I just almost forgot. It's. Is it okay? It's fine, I just wish I could have foreseen how late you would be so I wouldn't be standing here. Well, if you were clairvoyant, so if you had clairvoyance, maybe you would have been able to. Clairvoyant? That's the word of the day. Oh shit, it is. Uh, da, da, da. Remember when Pee Wee used to uh, yeah, yell the word of the day? I do remember that, um, clearly. <clears throat> so what book did you bring for us today? Today I have Ana Castillo's novel, So Far From God. Uh -huh. novel from the early 90s it's uh, considered a part of you know Chicana literature and it's it's the story of uh, three sisters and a mom and the sort of trials and tribulations uh, and magical happenings of their life uh, in New Mexico and so it's a great novel and um, I think it uses clairvoyance in a really interesting way maybe the one a little differently than we're, we might be used to okay well I'd love to hear it yeah, let me just set up this. Let me set up this uh, this passage. Uh, you know, it's it, it centers around the character of Caridad, and, and she's a character who suffered uh, an abusive attack, and it really kind of caused her to almost die. And she became sort of mentored by an old curandera, which is like an old healing woman, and in doing so, she became clairvoyant. Um, and started studying the you know the holy ways, the ways of healing and ma and sort of like you know magic in, in some ways. Oh, wow. But something really significant happens to her in this passage, which is she, she sees a woman off in the distance and she falls in love with her. And the passage sort of describes uh, what that what that means, what that moment meant when she sort of falls in love. Hmm. Want me to read it? Yeah, please. Well, then again, perhaps dramatic is not the best word here considering who we are talking about. But to Caridad, such events as her holy restoration, her clairvoyance, the screaming sister, as some unkind people back in Tome still referred to Fe, and such were just part of life. Falling in love, now that was something else altogether. Hmm. Well, wow, that's interesting. So, uh, I guess in that book, it seems like being magic is not as special as falling in love. Yeah, a lot of a lot of really sort of mystical and magical things happen to the mm. different characters in the book. So much so that it's almost the norm, right? The clairvoyance here is almost like, oh yeah, that was just part of something that happened to her, right? But the the actual falling in love becomes this the the real magic, right? Something that you know maybe everybody does every day, right? Or people do every day. Mm. So clairvoyance here sort of put like, oh, like, you know, these events like her holy restoration, her clairvoyance. Do and, you, and, mm -hmm. 
What do you think that's a commentary on? Do you think that they're trying to say that love is the most powerful magic or that clairvoyance is more mundane than we think about it as for some? Or is it just a function of fiction and literature where uh, the plot of the story will center around a love plot even though more amazing things are always happening like Iron Man is flying around or uh, you know there's a you know you're in a fight with a lightsaber against your dad but really it's about Han Solo and Leia or something like that damn that's a really good question I mean I think one thing that one one thing that love plots do is they sort of allow everyone to sort of connect with the with the situation you know I mm. mean even if someone's never fallen in love or they don't think they've fallen in love they know what it is and they've they've seen it around them uh, but I think maybe this one Maybe this passage is saying, among other things, I don't know what you think, but maybe it's saying like the real, the real mysticism is in the, is in the everyday, right? In the, the moments, you know, falling in love with somebody, uh, being in love with somebody. That's like sort of the mm. real mysticism, and the and it's, I like your question about, or is clairvoyance really just everyday? Because then I'm thinking, are we all really clairvoyant, but we just don't recognize it, or we just don't allow ourselves to like. To, 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 to exercise it. Yeah. Oh, you got me thinking. Well, a lot of us were wrong about something recently, the election. I don't know if everybody uh, foresaw that, but I thought I think even a lot of people who voted for um, our incumbent. Actually, when the time this comes out, he'll be sitting. He was sitting, that's right. Um, but yeah, everybody thought they were clairvoyant, and we also had this sort of like, all these systems in place, apparently. Um, I've, and I always thought polls were always right, too. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm Yeah, I mean, maybe with the election, right, people just, maybe what they did was they just assumed, they just assumed something that things were gonna be business as usual, mm. and uh, they, they didn't. I mean, they didn't exercise their clairvoyance. They were too sure of something happening. Oh right? yeah. Do you remember that mo that morning of the? And I don't want to get political because I'm not really a political person. I don't try to avoid that. Josh is always trying to get me to. You know, Josh is. <laughs> jo everything's politics for for Josh. You know, yeah. not, he can't even walk down the street without carrying a banner or something. I'm always sending you pamphlets yeah. and yeah, calling pamphlets. you for. Uh, everything's about race to you too, dude. I don't yeah. get it. Everything's about race to you. It just, you know, let. let yeah. Whereas me, you know, I tend to be more balanced about things. But um, uh, where was where was I going with this? Well, yeah. um, the morning of the mor yeah, the morning of it wasn't even like we predict Hillary's gonna win. It was like we're gonna we're celebrating in the morning already. Everybody, did you notice that? <laughs> Everybody was already celebrating yeah. the first woman president yeah. and posting a million things on Facebook. In other words, they didn't exercise clairvoyance. They just. Mm. They just bought whatever narrative was given to them. Maybe we, uh, clairvoyance is trying to see into the narratives that are the, the narratives that are behind the surface, between the lines. It is funny uh, that the people who now were like predicting Trump would win are now seen kind of as like magical people or <laughs> like clairvoyance. Yeah. Uh, or we're treating those statements as like these sort of uh, moments of amazing clarity or something like that. Uh, like who who did that? Um, the guy who directed Bowling for Columbine. Michael Moore Michael predicted Moore? Yeah. it quite a while ago too. I think you know it wasn't as far back as, as 
other is Chomsky, but I think about a year ago he was saying, look, he can win and he probably will the way things are looking. Yeah. But everyone just sort of dismissed him as all, oh, you know, he's just trying to like scare us in the voting. But uh Do you have any um magical powers? Do I have any magical powers? Yes. Mm. I have one. No, I have two. Okay. And uh compare your exercising of that magical power to falling in love, which one's uh, more important to you? That's a very good question. Um, well, do you want me to just quickly tell you my magical powers? Yeah, yeah. One of them is I can always tell if someone's lying to me. Oh. <laughs> and uh, two is I'm always happy to see everybody. I really am. Like oh, I'm happy okay. when I see someone, a friend, an acquaintance, I'm, I literally get mm. happy. Oh, I consider that a magical power because it's like, you know, it's, but um, I would say that those two magical powers allow me to fall in love, maybe. Okay. Well, think about that. Um, well, thanks for coming by today. Um, do you want anything uh, before you go? Like maybe a orange? You know what would be a good? A cutie? A tangelo? A tan tangelo? What are they called? Tangerines? A tangelo. Tangelo would Wait. be good. Is that what they're called? Yeah, well, why don't you come back to my citrus garden uh, on your way out and you can choose between all of my uh, varieties of orange and citrus. It's incredible. All right, yes. and we'll see you next time. See you next time, thank you. Yeah, right now it seems kind of... Um, here's another one that's like into the far future, by the way. Humans will travel to Venus. I don't really understand that. I mean, I feel like... How would we land on Venus? It, it, it would be incinerated, right? Right. It's yeah. So, yeah, it's a, it's like a volcanic um, rock. That's all it is. It, Mars seems more likely. Um, there's possibly water there, but um, you know, maybe she screwed up Venus and Mars. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't seeing too clearly there, yeah. right? She's screwing up the planets. Yeah. Who knows? Um, by 2130, we should have underwater civilizations. Oh, that one, I, I could see it happening. Sure, yeah. that's, a, that's a good uh, 100 plus years from now. You think so? Underwater civilization? I, I think yeah. that could happen. Well, We're all going to become Well, not, not like civil people? No, not that. I'm talking <laughs> about like just like domes underwater. I could see that happening. Yeah, you know, okay. Like within a 100 year span. Yeah, Some easy. kind of like enclosed biosystem? Yeah, yeah, underwater. that. Like maybe not like widespread, maybe, you know, not like a civilization necessarily, but you know, starting to, maybe. Okay. Plausible. All right, so this is even farther into the future. In the year 3,797, well, she predicted She predicted the death of the Earth. Oh, okay, yeah. that's That sounds about right. The sun is going <laughs> to explode at some point. You know that. Is it? Yeah. But that soon, I think. Actually, like it'll become a... Like a, a 2,000 years from now? Or it'll become a red giant first, and that's going to screw up everything because the way the sun is set up right now, it sustains, you know, our way, our, our crops, our, you know, ecosystem, everything. When the sun changes and becomes twice the size or more of what it's supposed to, or what it is now, everything's going to change, and then maybe the planet will crumble or whatever, civilization will crumble by then. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But then, uh, yeah, by the time it actually does explode and become a white dwarf and then die... Uh, uh, yeah, I don't think anything's gonna be around anymore. I like how you know this science stuff. I love uh, it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I look at things, I read. So it, Sometimes. I, I, so I kind of find her list of like predictions kind of funny because some of it does sound kind of sci-fi. Like talking about, you know, 
traveling to Venus, underwater civilizations, the death of the Earth, etc. You know, like some of it sounds like a sci-fi writing. You know, sure. So uh, again, there's that connection between like sci-fi writers and their visions, and whether they are prophets. Mm-hmm. People like Philip K. Dick, and you know, well, and Bradbury too. He's another guy. Um, uh, who's the robot guy? Isaac Asimov. Yeah. Yeah. Well, AI, and you know, they they talk about those things a lot. Bradbury and Asimov. Right. Yeah, and that's a that's a real thing too. AI is coming. You think so? Yeah, our our robot overlords, robot robot overlords, <laughs> Skynet one day. I don't know. I still think we're kind of far from it. You know why? Because I feel like robots are such terrible storytellers. Like they don't have like a language capacity that we can really talk of. Uh-huh. Of course, I say this to my students, and they their knee jerk responses. Well, Siri talks, <laughs> and I'm like, well, not really, you know. It's just sort of like a Siri is frustrating. It, yeah, it's it's more of a like a repetitive algorithm, you know. Yeah, it's, it doesn't it's really go beyond that. It's not really language, and it's not yeah. she's not really talking to you. But I get it. I mean, they're into the novelty of, like, this machine that can talk, to, like, say some words to you or whatever. They were weaned on phones and, and technology. It's, it's sad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Okay, well, that's Baba Vanga. And, of course, you know, she sort of takes after. I think they've called her the Nostradamus of our time. What I find kind of interesting about Nostradamus is that, you know, he was more of a poet, actually. That, like, if you read, like, his stuff online... Actually, here, let me read some to you, because I... So what he did was, like, he would... Are you on the dark web? Yeah, dark web. (laughs) Um, This is from his Almanac of 1555, and I'll just read, like, the first three stanzas, because he writes, like, these poetic lines Mm -hmm. in quatrains. It's, like, four lines each stanza or whatever. And, of course, you would notice and appreciate this. Yes, of course. Brilliance. So... This is what it says. The soul touched from a distance by the divine spirit presages trouble, famine, plague, war to hasten, water, droughts, land and sea stained with blood, peace, truce, prelates to be born, princes to die, the Tyranian sea, the ocean for the defense, the great Neptune and his trident soldiers, province secure because of the hand of the great Tenda, more Mars, Narbon, the heroic the VRs, I don't know what those words are. The big bronze one which regulates the time of day. Upon the death of the tyrant it will be dismissed. Tears, laments, and cries, waters, ice bread does not give. VSC peace, the army will pass away. And then it keeps going and going. But that's like what his prophecies are. And that's like what people are saying, are trying to interpret and say like, oh, you know, like he predicted the rise of Hitler or something like that, you know? Right, yeah. These are very open to interpretation. That's, you know, it's, it has its downside because then, yeah, people start using it for their own you know, purposes, right? Yeah. Like so It fits their narrative. Yeah, I feel like the prophecies that he's like writing are really ambiguous right and like really open to interpretation you sort of have to like bring in read into it really why 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 do you think he did that um well i guess from what i read um if you do like a quick wikipedia search it'll it'll tell you on there that like part of the reason why he's writing this is because he's writing in the 1500s and the Catholic Church is persecuting you know dissent they're persecuting like reformist christians they're persecuting witches, etc. You know, anybody who like deviates from Catholic doctrine. Oh, it's a survival technique. Yeah. So like he 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 was practicing um, like 
this kind of stuff like prophecy or foretelling or whatever yeah. clairvoyance um he was french by the way um and uh he, i think he didn't want to be persecuted and so he tried writing in such a way as to make things ambiguous so that he would right. have some area to defend himself perhaps you know no absolutely but apparently like his 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 way of prophesying wasn't really like illegal in terms of like church code so i mean they wouldn't have they weren't really fought, trying to find people like him they were interested in other in other heterodox people yeah the Galileos so of, the, of the time yeah so i mean so he, he does like a, he has like a lot of word games he mixes languages a lot you know so he has like four or five languages in there He's, and it's all poetic and all that. And again, he seems to take a lot from the Bible, too. He's just sort of like borrowing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. I think of... To me, like, all of this is interesting in itself. But, like, it doesn't really do much to say anything about society, I think. Or, like, I guess what I mean is... What what's the point of imagining that the Earth is going to die in like thirty seven ninety seven? Like I don't, you know, yeah. like that's my question. You know, like can we is is it possible to have like a clairvoyance that actually helps us right now, and that's not just like fear mongering or something like that. Right, right. It doesn't make sense to just you know, hey, you're all gonna die. Well, duh. Yeah. <laughs> and there's here's the date. You know, so get ready. I guess is that is that the the reason why it's uh, you know get ready for it um, prepare yourselves maybe you can change the course of history and destiny that's why they put the message out there right or or if let's say that you believe this stuff right let's say you believe that people like baba Vanga are like true seers right that they're mm. true clairvoyants right what about the fact that they have been wrong a certain amount of times yeah she has like a high accuracy rate or whatever right but those times she's been wrong, was that because we were able to change course? You know, like, let's say you you believe this, right? Then let's talk within those limits, right? Like, maybe we can change the future, right? If she predicts some really bad stuff happening to us, then I want to know, like, what we can do to change. That's that's a question. That's for, at least what I'm thinking, that's anyway. That's a question for the quantum <laughs> physicists, right? Yeah. All right, so let me bring you to one more prophecy or something that people are calling a prediction and again this is all over the internet right now noam chomsky supposedly predicted the rise of trump and this this is back in 2010 when he was having a conversation with chris hedges Mm -hmm. so this is something that noam chomsky said at the time he said the united states is extremely lucky that no honest charismatic figure has arisen every charismatic figure is such an obvious crook that he destroys himself like mccarthy or nixon or the evangelist preachers if somebody comes along who is charismatic and honest this country is in real trouble because of the frustration disillusionment the justified anger and the absence of any coherent response and then he goes on again to like right. talk about you know basically describing like, our, our our fearless leader now <laughs> well fearless in quotes yeah i know um, you, 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 the sarcasm was dripping from my voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess it's 
it's things like this, right? Do you do you consider this a kind of prediction or a kind of clairvoyance on Chomsky, who doesn't I, even believe in magic yeah. or things like that? You know, this goes back to um, you know when we're again going back to wizard. I'm sorry if I'm referencing it again too much, but no, you know uh, good, the they, these were the counselors of the kings and the rulers because you know they had sight foresight, right? Right. So yeah, it's a type of clairvoyance. You don't have to you know rely on you know mystical powers or you know blindness and this and visions necessarily if you can see patterns you can see the bigger picture you know which direction it's more likely to go you might be a little off here and there but you know you're going to be pretty pretty darn close because you know Chomsky has a great you know ethos and track record right I mean this guy knows what he's talking about he knows what he's doing he has the benefit of 80 something years of life right right so um, you know uh, definitely a clairvoyant uh, I would not call him like a, a prophet or a seer necessarily he probably wouldn't want that either but yeah he's uh, he's showing us that like uh, you know where where uh, where it's headed and to you know well, not maybe not so much warning. He's just like observing and pointing it out, right? Right. Um, and that's and maybe maybe that's all like the clear sightedness we need, right? Just to mm -hmm. be able to point and describe exactly what's happening. <laughs> I don't know. You were mentioning the fact that how old is he now? Like Chomsky, he's, yeah. yeah, he's got to be, he's in his eighties at least. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I think that I'm kind of glad that I'm as old as I am now. I'm not that old, of course, but like. Keep telling yourself. I still that. feel old. <laughs> I still feel old in comparison to you know like. All the young people. Yeah, today, when, you, right? when you see them. Yeah, I'm like, I'm so old now. You hear them and hear the dumb things they're talking about. And <laughs> right, right. <laughs> superficial and. But I feel like that—that's the yeah. kind of fruit of you know of experience, right? Of being this old that you can look at things that like young people do and say like, mm -hmm. well, you know, I like the one thing I like is how like young people tend to describe like something that happened 20 years ago as like happening a long time ago like oh, yeah. their sense of time is kind of weird you know well young people haven't lived usually 20 years <laughs> <laughs> right no yeah to them like you know, oh my god like two years ago was so long and yeah now i remember when i was a kid I, I couldn't wait it seemed like forever to get older and it's like oh the years go by they drag it's so slow now it's like a you know a freaking carpool lane speed it's just like vroom, vroom, vroom. it's like whoa five years ago I, that was like a blur. Jeez. Yeah, I Here think... I am now. I'm like white, white hairs everywhere. What happened? <laughs> I don't want to imagine them everywhere, but well, okay. You know, my beard, at least. Um, but yeah, so just, I don't know. I, I feel kind of happy to be as old as I am, if, that's, if that sounds weird to you. I no, no, know. not at all. I, I agree. Uh, you know, you see things a lot more clearly, at least that's how I see it, right? How right. appropriate. Right. We become a little more clairvoyant, we become a little wiser. Yeah, so maybe it's something you can develop, right? It's uh, sure. something you can gain through experience, I guess. One thing I am worried about, though, is, uh, aging is, yeah, these are the, the good benefits, and I have been noticing it, and I've been noticing the changes in my mind and my thinking and my head and all that. But I'm also getting duller. I'm, I'm not as sharp as I used to be. <laughs> and you know, when your when your health is you know sometimes a little bit on the south side, it uh, you know it gets a little harder to you know want to be motivated to sharpen your skills and your mind and you know to you know uh, do all these things that we we need to do and like to do as you know in, in our professions that we're in. Uh, it's 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 getting more challenging each year, passing year. It gets a little harder, you know to just get up and do it or to actually begin and start it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the mental joints get a little creaky as well. 
You know what I would like to see? I would like to see child clairvoyance. I feel like that's kind of a, a really unique or like, thing to be. Because most clairvoyants are like older people, you mm -hmm. know, people with experience, people who've seen a lot or like who understand or who can like describe a situation accurately, right? Or like have a proper ethos or ethics, right? With which to judge like what's yeah. happening around us. So, so like, something like a, the Dalai Lama, when he first became the Dalai Lama, he was like a seven-year-old boy, right? Or something like yeah, that. something like that, right? Yeah. I think that would be like really special, like to really hear like a child who has like the wisdom of like an older person, right? Mm. And who can perceive things accurately, right? With Again, with clear-sightedness. Mm. That reminds me of uh, The Never Any Story. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. The Childlike Empress. Oh, yeah. yeah. She was very wise, right? Even though we only saw it for like two minutes at the end. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think something like that would be pretty awesome, I think. But all we get are like child geniuses, which don't convince me. Yeah. yeah. They, <laughs> I know. I'm kind, of, can... I'm kind of bitter about this, right? Like child geniuses stuff. Like I don't really buy this whole like child genius stuff. Like mm -hmm. I don't know if children should be knowing it, all those things actually. Like I feel... Trained, trained monkeys is what they really are. <laughs> Just like you know, Mozart, Mozart, right? His, his father well, I mean, no. In terms of music, I like I like that they're like so good at music. That's pretty cool. But like actually thinking of them as, as if like they're like they have like these incredible intellectual capacities or something like that. Uh, I don't know. I I don't know. You don't buy it. I, I feel kind of bad actually for them. I don't know because they don't have I, a childhood. They lose their childhood in a way. Yeah, I feel like uh, you know, like somebody. Okay, like you could have a child genius, and this is like from Gilmore Girls, right? Where like, I don't know. Did you watch it? So Gilmore Girl fans will know this. So like, Rory is this child who can, who at ten was able to. Uh, describe the influence that Schopenhauer had on Nietzsche and I'm like okay that's kind of cool but you know like if you ever read Nietzsche like you kind of require some experience in life to like oh, know so exactly like what he's talking about you so know? it's pretentious to uh, presume that they they know what this is all about when they have not even lived yet yeah, I, I mean, I, again, I feel like I'm speaking like an old fuddy-duddy when I make this argument, but whatever. That, yeah. That's what we are now. Let, yeah. Let's embrace it. <laughs> Let's embrace it then, man. Yeah. All right. Thank you. For what? For being here. Oh, well, you're welcome. For being old. Well, I'll, I'll keep doing it. All right, man. Thanks for listening to Extreme Vocabulary. Our music is from Arnold Palmer Golf by Tokuhiko Uwabo and Wagyan Paradise by Eriko Imura. This song is I Can See Clearly Now by Johnny Nash. I am Josh. Email us at extremevocabulary at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at extremevocab or on Instagram at... What is that again? What's our Instagram? Extreme Vocab. Extreme Vocab. We'll see you next time.